Let's give it up for this worship team. And as they go, on, go on, give it up to them. Go ahead. Thank you, guys. As they go back to their seats, why don't you turn to somebody next to you and ask them what they're looking forward to this Christmas, this year, this week. What are they looking forward to? Ask somebody, and then we'll get into the message. Go ahead. What are they looking forward to this week? All right, guys. Well, good morning. We're going to get started in the message here. Good to see you guys. Thanks for being here this morning and excited for uh, us to close out this little Christmas series we've been doing. But let me give you a couple other reminders before I, I officially start the message. So uh, next week, we are not having church service here. Okay. Um, the plan is to do a Christmas brunch at the Welch's house uh, next Sunday, the 26th. I say the plan is this because we just got to make sure all the Welch's are healthy. So we've got some sick kiddos at our house right now. So hopefully in Jesus name, they will all be healed and we can hang out. If not, then we'll go to one of your houses. All right. Uh, or you can just hang out here. Joel, you know, we're hang we'll, we'll, we'll choose Joel, uh, but we'll keep you posted on that. But, um, if you're out of town, that's great. So enjoy time with the family. Um, but that just wants you to know, don't come here on Sunday, next Sunday. We won't be here. All right. And then also we've been reminding everybody throughout this month to really start considering, especially as we go into a little bit of a break with holidays, start considering what you want to do this summer. And we are passionate about uh, taking part in the Great Commission. And so we uh, make it a point to make sure every summer we provide opportunities for us to really go and make disciples of all nations. And, of course, we do that here locally and by sharing the gospel, by praying for people, being intentional, finding people church, all those things. But also we want to take part in what God's doing around the world. And so we have some mission trips that are available this summer. And we'd love for you to consider going. We're sending one uh, team to the Middle East, one team, uh, the, our ADS crew is going to Tijuana. Then there's another crew mainly of families in our church that are going to New Orleans. So if you're interested, then you can apply and just consider giving up a couple weeks this summer to go be a part of what God's doing in different nations, different cities. All right, you guys ready to end this series here? A journey of the unexpected. Why don't you turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to uh, be there this morning for the majority of our time. But let me give a little recap here. So as the slide says behind me, a journey of the unexpected. And we've been trying to look at this Christmas story with kind of fresh eyes. You know, this is the story that usually is read or preached from uh, in December every year. So it's, a, it's the same story, but we want to look at it with fresh eyes. And something that we noticed this year was just how many unexpected things that happened in this Christmas story. So here's a few. Okay, the virgin birth. Also, the Jesus being born in a manger. Okay, it wasn't just this amazing, you know, five-star hotel. He wasn't born there. There was no room in the inn. Okay, there are also angels showing up and surprising shepherds. So a lot of twists and turns with this journey uh, of unexpected things. And what we've been trying to do is help us understand and kind of connect the dots and relate it to us. How many of you guys in the last two years would say there's been at least one thing unexpected that's happened in your life? 
Anybody? I literally, okay, tra- trace back two years ago, December 2019. You remember that time when the world was normal? Remember that time when everything was just going to work according to your plans? Remember that time? I remember that time. And then 2020 hit. And I would say a good summary, though there's a lot of different ways we could say it, of the last couple of years is that it has been a journey of the unexpected. And a lot of unexpected things that have happened. But here is what I really want us to know and remember as we think about that for us is this. And we got it. This is kind of the main point of this whole series that we've been d- talking about and we want us walking away with. And so there's a little slide that says this. Through the unexpected twists and turns of life, God is faithful to do a lot of things. But here's three things we've been talking about. He's faithful to fulfill his promises. Amen. He's faithful to provide our needs. And he's faithful to answer our prayers. So the first week, I talked about um, God fulfilling his promises, how faithful he is to do that. Last week, Jeremy B.R. spoke on God providing our needs. He did an incredible job. Literally, you can listen to his message on repeat every day this Christmas break, and it will only do you well. He's talked about God's provision and redefining what our needs are and how it could affect how grateful we are for God providing for us. So really rich stuff. I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. And then this morning, as we wrap up this series, I'm going to talk about God answering our prayers. Anybody believe that yet? My hope is that by the time you walk out of here this morning, you believe it even deeper, that God's faithful to answer our prayers. All right, let's pray. Lord, here we are this morning as we come before your word. God, we ask you to open our hearts, open our ears, and pray make us receptive to what you want to do today. We're not just playing church games. We're not just checking off a box. Lord, we're here. We want to hear from you. What do you want to say to us today? How do you want to Reveal yourself to us in a fresh way this morning, Lord. I pray that we would believe more than we currently do right now. We believe more that you are faithful to not only listen to our prayers, but to answer our prayers. You're a good God. Every word that we speak to you, you hear us, and it matters. And we just thank you for who you are, Lord. Would you reveal yourself and speak to us through your word in the name of Jesus. Why don't you take a second and just ask the Lord to speak to you right now through this message. Go ahead. Take three seconds. Say, Lord, please speak to me. Go ahead. Jesus' name. Amen. Are you guys ready? You in Luke chapter 2? Yep. If you're there, say I'm there. I'm there. No, you're not. Half of you don't have a Bible. You're not there. You're crazy. Hey, hey, I'm not going to give you too much of a hard time, but I encourage you. Bring your hard copy Bible to the church. Oh, wow. Hard, bring your hard copy Bible to church. Things will just fall out of it. Just blessings from the Lord, all right? Uh, but we got it on the screen. Don't you worry. Here we go, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to um, start in verse 21 in just a second, and let me catch you up to speed with what's been happening in Luke chapter 2, okay? So Jeremy read from some of this last week, but right before what I'm about to do, the angels show up to the shepherds, and they're saying, hey, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace among those whom he's pleased. They are saying to the shepherds, hey, this is great news. Jesus the Christ has been born. The shepherds thankfully uh, adhere to what the angels were saying. I love it. After the angels showed up, they look at each other, And they say, we should go see what the angels just told us. Anyway, so they go, they find Jesus in the manger. Mary's like, wow, this is amazing. Verse 20, the shepherds return glorifying and praising God. And then look at verse 21. It says, at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So now 
I was just setting the stage for what we're about to enter into. This is kind of like an addition, I like to say, to the Christmas story. It's part of the Christmas story we don't think about. Okay, the characters that we're going to see this morning are not in the nativity scene, okay? But it's just an additional fun part of this story that I think God wants to speak to us through this morning. It's about two people named Simeon and Anna. Anybody ever heard of this Simeon and Anna from Luke chapter 2? A few of you have, all right? So we're going to look at this, and we're going to see the Lord speak to us about his faithfulness to answer our prayers. So here we go, verse 22. You can follow along with me. It says, when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem. This is Jesus, or bringing Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him before the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took Jesus or took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And then look at this parentheses. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Okay, hold on. Old man Simeon takes baby Jesus from a mother gives this amazing prophecy, and part of the prophecy is, oh, by the way, Mary, he's going to pierce through your soul. That is just funny to me. Anyways, let's just keep going so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Let's keep going. Then we're going to meet Anna here. Then there is a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. All right. What a story, huh? Okay, so now I've introduced you to two characters, all right? Your two favorite Christmas story characters now, Simeon and Anna. Now, before I jump into this, really get into the meat or the depth of what I want us to see from this, I want us just to pause and think of how ridiculous this scenario is. Okay, imagine, I see some moms out here, imagine you bring your little, who knows how old he is at this point, but let's say one-year-old to church just because you want to do baby dedications. Okay, we did those a few weeks ago, but as you're walking in, an old man that is, it says, he came in the spirit. I just assume he's just really like on fire for God or just really passionate about the Lord. He's full in the spirit. He's probably got wide eyes, okay? Maybe he's got anointing oil in his hands, okay? He's got the tambourine in his back pocket. He's ready for church that day, all right? And then he's got probably bushy hair, and he, like, sees you, mom, and he says, and grabs your child and just starts blessing the Lord and thanking the Lord, you know, pierce through your soul. And, Lord, thank you. And, like, it's just a weird moment, okay? Anna's a little more tame, it seems like, okay? But she's real old, and she fasted and prayed a lot, Okay. I just, it kind of reminds me of the first time I went to the church that I actually got saved at. I got saved at 17, walk into this church. I was already worded out at first because it looked like people were happy to be there. That was new for me in a church setting. Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you guys <laughs> look like you're happy. 
And I sit where I happened to sit, it was right next to an old, pretty old man that looked like, like he was <laughs> just pretty socially awkward. And I, he just kind of leaned over to me. It was before service. And he said, hey, young man, you ever been down to one of them altar calls before? And I, I said, no. He's like, well, you need to. And then just kind of went back. <laughs> well, it turns out I got saved that day. I went down for an altar call. And I gave my life to the Lord. It was awesome. A couple of weeks later, I, I really did encounter the Lord. A couple of weeks later, I invite my younger brother to church. And, oh, gosh, what an experience for him. I think someone's going off in tongues over here. And he's kind of, as soon as that happened, he looks, my brother looks at me. He's like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but stick with it. God's here. I promise. I was three weeks into my walk with God. But anyways, it reminds me of those moments. Sometimes when things look a little odd or different, you know, God's still there. And he wants to do some interesting things and some powerful things, actually. But here's the point I want you to see through this story of Simeon and Anna is that God was faithful to answer their prayers. You know how long Anna was praying? Decades and decades and decades. So it would be around 70 to 80 years that she was praying and believing for breakthrough. And it talks about other people that, in verse 38, it says, um, as soon as Anna saw Jesus, she knew it was the Messiah, then she went out and told, and said, those, all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. There was people in that time waiting for the Savior, waiting for the Messiah. Simeon felt like the Lord spoke to him, I'm going to see the Messiah before I die. And so years and years and decades of prayers that were being prayed, and boom, in this story, they're answered. God is faithful to answer prayers. Now let me dive a little deeper into some things I noticed, or literally they're just things that are written down in this little passage about Simeon and Anna. There's a little slide, because I want you to kind of glean from these characters and see what you might be able to learn from them. I think we have a slide, the one with Simeon and Anna. So what do we see that we might want to emulate? Okay, Simeon, it says, literally I'm just taking uh, phrases from this, says he was righteous, he was devout, so he was like committed, he waited, so he was patient. The Holy Spirit was on him, so he wasn't just operating in his own strength, but the power of the Lord. He listened to God. He walked in the Spirit. He was thankful. The very first thing he did when he took baby Jesus, it says he blessed God. He thanked God, and he was prophetic. Oftentimes when we become a people that are willing to wait in the presence of God and continue to come before him and listen to him, the Lord will begin to speak to us, and we therefore become prophetic, and we begin to hear things that we wouldn't hear if we weren't listening. With Anna, a lot of the similar things. She was prophetic. She was also old. Okay, so take that one. All right. <laughs> old. She was consistent. She waited. She fasted. She prayed night and day. She was thankful. And it turned into her becoming evangelistic. As soon as she saw the Lord, she couldn't help but tell others about him. Isn't that great? And so there's a lot of things we can take from this. But, but here is really what I want for you guys this morning. So take any of that. That's for you. It's like, okay, what can I grow in? What can I learn? But here's what I really want for you guys this morning. And please don't miss this. This is what I want us leaving here this morning with. Not with this pressure of, mm, what do I need to change about my prayer life? Okay? What I want us walking out of here with is just a fresh sense of awe and how good and faithful God is to answer our prayers. I want you to be stunned again that oh my gosh the living God the creator of the universe would take the time to listen and not only that but answer my prayers I want us to be in awe of that because if you and I believe that if we simply believe it it'll change us enough <laughs> it'll change the way that you 
talk to him. It'll change the amount of time that you talk to him if we simply just believe that he is a God that answers prayer. Do you believe it? I'm going to keep telling you about 100 times this morning that I want us to walk in here with fresh faith that God answers prayer. And listen, I want you to also know that Simeon's response uh, when his prayer was answered wasn't, oh, wow, Lord, thank you for how amazing and consistent and powerful and loud my prayers have been all these years. No, what did he say? He said, thank you, God. You let me see something. You answered my prayer. He blessed the Lord. And so when prayer becomes less about how good am I doing in my prayer life and more about God's faithfulness to answer prayer, then we're in the right spot. Does that make sense? So God is good, God is faithful, and he answers our prayer. I want you to tell somebody next to you that God answers prayer. Tell them. So good. You'll be even saying it more passionately when you leave. All right, here we go. So here's a question I want to answer as I kind of go off into talking about prayer again, and that is this. Why do we talk about prayer so much? Because if you stick around Antioch long enough, you'll notice that we keep talking about prayer. All right? So I give you lots of opportunities to pray. Uh, I jokingly say that I make you pray a lot. Okay, really what I do is I, I, I give you plenty of opportunity to engage in prayer. You don't have to, but I let you pray if you want to. Like, you know, Lord, speak to me through this message. I, ma I made you pray, but really I just invited you to pray. Didn't have to. But, you know, we do prayer during the service. Once a month we have a day of prayer and fasting. Uh, we did a prayer Sunday a couple weeks ago, and literally about a month and a half ago I did a message on prayer. And so we talk, and we also emphasize the importance of daily connecting with God in what we call time with Jesus, or just connecting with him through word, through prayer, through worship, and connecting with the Lord. But why? Well, side note, we're not going to stop <laughs> talking about it, but why do I keep talking about it? Here's the deal. Prayer, I want you to think of prayer this morning as not a spiritual discipline. Something I got to do to make sure I'm a good Christian. Prayer is a gift that, a, that is really the key or tool that allows us to connect with God. And let me back up one more time. Why this is so important is because connection and intimacy and relationship with God is the main point of your walk with God. It's the main point of being a Christian. More than what you can do for God or um, how you can serve him or how you vote or whatever. Like what matters more is that you know this living God. and You actually have relationship with him. And there is no one that you have relationship with in a significant way that you don't talk with on a consistent basis. Prayer is not just a discipline I got to do. It is an opportunity and it is an invitation and it is the greatest invitation that we get to have that we can have a relationship with the living God. Think about this. Have you ever read Genesis 1? 1? In the beginning, God. That God allows you to talk to him and he hears you and he responds. Woo! It's amazing. This is awesome, guys. What a benefit, what a glory, what a privilege that we get to know the living God and the way, the tool that he's given us, the gift that he's given us to engage with him is this thing called prayer. Talking with God, not just talking to, but talking with, listening, being still before him, engaging with him, communing with him. This is the greatest privilege that any of us have on this side of eternity. And it'll be the greatest privilege that we have in eternity. God. It's going to be even better, like your relationship and interactions with God in eternity, it's going to be even better than all of your circumstances that are hard right now being done with. 
You'll be more thankful that you are face-to-face with God than you are thankful that all your hard circumstances are done. He's just so amazing. He's so good. And so that's what I'm talking about this morning is just like, oh, prayer is engagement with the living God. This is our greatest joy, greatest gift. And I, I think about, as a believer, what's the main goal? It is knowing him. And I think often about the day that I will see Jesus face to face. And here's what I don't want it to be. You know, when I, when I either I die or when he returns. I don't want it to be a, hey, I'm Mitchell. Good to meet you, Jesus. <laughs> but I want it to be a full-on embrace of my best friend that I know knows me more than anybody else has ever known me or ever could know me. And that I actually get, I know him. He's not a friend I'm meeting for the first time. And literally makes me weep just thinking about the day I will be able to like embrace Jesus and he'll just, I'll see that in his eyes. He's just like, yeah, I know. I've been with you this whole time. I know what you feel. It's like there's nobody that can know us better than the Lord. That's so good. He's so real, guys. And I, man, really this is about prayer kind of, but it's really about how real God is. He's with us. He's more real than, like, like, everybody go like this for a second. I always like doing this. Everybody go like this. Put your hand right in front of your face. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just try it. Just try it. Don't hit your neighbor, please. <laughs> okay. I just want you to see that. Like, and I want, like, Jesus is more real and he's closer than your hand in front of your face. You know, you see it. You can probably feel it because you breathe against it. But, man, Jesus is more, he's closer than that. He's nearer than that, and I want us to know how real he is because this will, this will allow us to pray, and prayer is the tool to connect us with God, and I want us really connected with the Lord to know him. All right, so let me give you some helpful reminders about prayer. I'm going to reiterate a couple things, but I think this will be helpful. Again, the premise is God answers our prayers. He's so faithful to do that. He did it through this Christmas story, uh, but he does it for us as well. But I want you to give you, give you some helpful reminders about prayer, okay? So we got a slide with a couple points on it, and thank you, Lindsay, for fixing that. That's great. Um, here we go. Number one, so some helpful reminders about prayer. Not every prayer, ready? Number one is not every prayer is answered. This might be a silly first one for a, <laughs> a title of the message, God Answers Prayer. Point number one, not every, not every prayer is answered. There you go. Profound. But let me go ahead and, and just kind of get this over with because I need us to realize a couple things about this. So when prayer is like God... I'm getting ahead of myself, but God doesn't have to answer our prayer. But let me give you some answers, potential answers to why not every prayer is answered. Okay, here's a couple. I like to call them shelves. So things that we just kind of like, wow, I got a shelf that. Things you can put it on. There's shelves that have names, at least in my mind, how it works with unanswered prayer. Okay, one, this is a big shelf, is mystery. All these shelves start with M to make it easy for you. You might want to write these down. It's mystery. Sometimes prayers go unanswered, and why? We don't know. It's a mystery. We don't understand, and maybe we never will until we stand before him one day, but there are some things that I have on this mystery shelf in my life that I just won't understand. Okay? There's, it's okay to ask him, Lord, you help me understand, but, but there's, it's a pretty big shelf. Another shelf might be uh, motives, or better yet, wrong motives. James 3 hints at this, that sometimes we ask with ulterior or wrong motives, and the Lord is so good to us that he sometimes doesn't give us those things. Okay, another one is we can miss his will. Okay, 1 John 4 talks about this, where sometimes we're praying for something, but it's not really in line with God's will and purposes of what he wants to do, and so we put up there on that shelf. And then there's a couple others that you could throw in there. Maybe you need a little more faith, or here's a funny one, marriage conflict. 
there's a couple hints in a couple of verses. First Peter 3 talks about this. This is uh, admonition to husbands. It says, husbands, live with understanding with your wives so that your prayers are not hindered. Marriage company. <laughs> okay, so just remember that. I see a few husbands in the room. All right, remember that. If you want some more prayers answered, make sure you humble yourself before your wife and understand her, which means you sit down and listen to her explain something that doesn't make sense to you, and you just nod your head and smile and say, I love you. Okay, that's what that means. Live with understanding. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to correct her. <laughs> I've already taken enough uh, blows for that, all right? So here we go. Moving on. Not every, an- not every prayer is answered. Next point, helpful reminder about prayer. The purpose of prayer, this is what I was hinting at earlier, the purpose of prayer is to know God. So ready? The purpose of prayer is not to get God to do our will. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. My kingdom come and my will be done in heaven in the spiritual realm like I want it to be done on earth. That's not the Lord's prayer, right? Your will be done. Your kingdom come. The purpose of prayer is to know God. Life is about him. And I would even say the purpose of prayer is to, uh, for us to learn how to submit to his will, to get to know his will, to learn and love his will and submit to that. It's about relationship, interaction with, and understanding of God, his ways, and his character. The purpose of prayer is to get to know God. Now this next one kind of builds on that. Next point here is keep the first things first. When we think about prayer, what do we usually pray the most for or the most about i would say usually for us it is circumstantial blessing okay think about the things that you most consistently pray for and i don't want you to feel bad because god tells us to pray literally for everything he wants us to lay our requests before him our supplications our petitions he wants you to pray for blessing and favor of your life protection of your family uh, favor in your job he wants you to he wants us to pray for those things but let me let me also let you know that it's not the only category let me give you two categories there's the circumstantial blessing i've been praying for a lot of those things with my family being sick i'm like lord it would be a great circumstance change that my family is healed you know so i'm praying for that But here's a whole nother category of prayer that has nothing to do with circumstantial blessing. And I'm going to, I would call it, it's hard to summarize, but first commandment, love, obedience, and Christ-likeness. Did you know that you can also pray, Lord, I want to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. I want to love you. I want to love others really well. Lord, I want to obey you. I want to do what you ask me to do. Lord, I want your character and your likeness to be formed in me. Would you make me like you? Guess what? Those things can happen without any circumstantial change in our life. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage us, and a reminder of prayer is that we, you don't have to stop praying for circumstantial blessing. It's just let's also make sure we pray for this other category, which is first commandment, love and obedience and Christ-likeness in our life. Another point here. Let me give you some prayers that always get answered. I think you guys will like this. Here's, you want to know some prayers that always get answered? Yes or no? Yeah? You with me? Ready? Prayers of thankfulness. You know what his response is? His answer? You're welcome. I, I want you to, it's not a joke. I want you to sit on that for a second. Oh, my gosh. Every time I say thank you to God in, as a prayer, he answers and says, you're welcome. That's amazing. <laughs> that hit me this week. I'm like, wow, I'm talking about thankfulness not, but man, that is a prayer that always gets answered. Here's another one. Jesus, 
want to know you. Will you, will you let me know you? I want to know you more. That, if you really mean that, he will answer that every time. And, you know, his answer is, here I am. You know, you'll be reading the word of God and something jumps out to you about who he is, his character, what he's like, how good he is. Or he'll just speak and whisper to your heart that he's there, he's with you. His answer is, here I am. Here's another one. Lord, when you make me like you, that you form your character inside of me. He will answer that every time. You want to know how he answers that? Fire and hardship and struggle and pain. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he does. You know, we want the microwave, you know, kind of prayer like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but it's like, Lord, make me a patient person. Here I am, Lord, just zap me. Awesome, I'm so patient now. Goodbye. You know. <laughs> That's not really usually at least how I've, found that it works usually I'm pressing in for something I know I need some more patience in my life and then something happens that day that will require a lot of patience <laughs> and I realize help but what he's doing he's like he's stretching that muscle he's stretching that patience muscle but don't forget those three prayers that will always get answered thank you Jesus I want to know you and Jesus make me like you he will answer those prayers every time and I would say those are prayers worth praying. All right, last but not least, a point and reminder about prayer is that his answers are sometimes unexpected. His answers are sometimes unexpected. So I gave you the example of the patience thing, <laughs> just that has happened so many times. Or, you know, it could be like, Lord, I want to just, like, not be in control. I want to know that I'm not in control. Or would you loose my I, I grip of control, you know, and then what happens sometimes, the way he answers that is he'll put something in your life that's totally out of your control, <laughs> and you got to learn to trust him, all right? I have a story that's just funny, just the way this was answered or the way it came about in college, I think it was my freshman year, I call it my Powerade story, my Powerade answer to prayer. So stick with me here. It's a little bit of an unexpected twist and turn journey. So it, uh, freshman year, I did a lot of praying and I did a lot of intramural basketball. Okay, I almost got kicked out of the university I was going to because my grades were so low. But don't worry, I wasn't partying. I was just praying, all right? But the Lord still corrected me. I need to study a little bit. Uh, anyways, I was praying right before, this is hilarious, an intramural basketball game. And I just had a good time with God. And just this prayer, I was praying for campus. And I was just like, Lord, I was praying for a wave of brokenness to come across campus. That we'd be broken before the Lord, like in a healthy way. That we would like not be okay with sin, but we would be broken before the Lord and confess sin and move on. But I remember praying that, and I was really feeling it at the time. And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, i got to go to my basketball game. So I go to my basketball game. At my basketball game, my roommate hurt his knee, tweaked his knee a little bit. And so I was like, ah, oh, bummer, man. I'm so sorry. And I was trying to help him out, prayed for him, but also tried to like, how am I going to help you get back to our dorm? But anyways, I thought, okay, I'm going to bless him some way. I'm going to buy him a Powerade, all right? I'm going to get you a Powerade, man, because this will fix all of your knee problems. <laughs> it didn't, but. And so literally, I go to the, I was at the rec center at the time. I look at the vending machine, no Powerade, bummer. Then I go to another one kind of close by. I look at it, and Powerade's on there, but all out. And then I go to literally maybe four, if not five, different vending machines all throughout campus until I got to the last one that was like on the edge of campus and I didn't, I didn't find a power rate again and I literally just kind of like walk out. It's kind of like this uh, atrium area so I kind of walk out, kind of frustrated like, Lord, I want to just, just want a stinking power rate. <laughs> uh, but I look and I see two of my buddies from a Bible study that are like walking about a 50 yards away from me walking down the street. And so I was like, oh, this is random. I'm not even supposed to be here but let me go say what's up to my friends. So I walk up to my friends 
And he's like, hey, what's up, guys? What y'all doing over here? Y'all don't live on this side of campus. I'm like, oh, we just got done with the Bible study or whatever. And I was like, oh, how was it? And like, they were like, it was so good. There was just like this sense of brokenness in the room. And I was like, really? Like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, people just broken over their sins, confessing things. I was like, <laughs> what time was the Bible study? I'm like, oh, it was about 8.15. And that was literally the exact time that I was praying. My game was like at 8.30. And I was praying, finished up about 8.15. Went to my basketball game. Isn't that cool? Crazy story, unexpected twists and turns. I shouldn't even be there. I was trying to find a stinking pirate. And I think they, like, had some uh, dining dollars, whatever it was called. And so they, like, bought me a pirate, and I got it to my roommate. So anyways, great story. <laughs> but through it, I was just like, oh, my goodness. You see a couple examples of, like, man, at the exact time, the Lord answers this prayer or heals this guy's daughter or does this thing. When he does that to you, you're like, oh, my goodness. He answers prayer, and he listens to specific words that you pray before the Lord. He answers those, and he listens to those. There's several others of unexpected things. Let me actually tell you this story about Josiah, my oldest son. Uh, when he was born, uh, there was a lot of complication, um, and they were, we had to do an emergency C-section about two and a half months early. And um, one of the things, this is kind of like an example of uh, God's faithfulness even in the midst of unanswered prayers. One of the things that I had faith for and I was praying was since we were there literally two months early at the hospital, I was praying, Lord, would you fully heal Josiah in the womb and so that we don't have to give birth two months early. We, Beth, doesn't have to give birth early. And would you heal him fully and that we would be able to go home and then come back to the hospital like normal in two months. Well, the Lord did not answer that prayer. A couple days later, we had to do an emergency C-section. One of the things that I was also praying, though, was God just... Just heal Josiah. Heal him, Lord. Heal him. We literally named him Josiah because that word, one of the definitions is the Lord has healed. And we didn't know what was going to happen. He literally could have died. Uh, but in faith, we said his name's Josiah. And um, anyway, so he did not answer that prayer. We had to do an emergency section. But guess what? The Lord healed him. He was in this NICU for about six and a half weeks. NICU is neonatal intensive care unit. So, um, and we prayed for him consistently. And the nurses just said, hey, he just needs to keep eating, keep growing. He was one pound, six, uh, 15 ounces when he was born, so real small. But it just hit me after the weeks of processing of just, I am so thankful that not every single prayer that I was praying and thing I had faith for would happen because most likely, at least the doctors have told us, that if we would have kept him in the womb much longer, he would not have made it. They had found out that there is a, a clot, uh, I don't know what the technical term is, something in the placenta that was a blood clot that was hindering the nutrients flowing. So he literally just wasn't growing, wasn't eating, wasn't getting fed. And so if he would have stayed there much longer, he probably would have died. But the Lord was so faithful, still answered my other prayer of, Lord, heal him however you want to. And that's so great, so merciful. And literally just a couple days ago, I was um, thanking the Lord for a few other unanswered prayers. Because a lot of times when we pray for something that's unanswered, we get discouraged, we get a little disappointed. But, you know, just if we stay in it, if we stay in it long enough, what we tend to see is that God knows what he's doing. <laughs> and a little more than we do. But Lord, don't you know this is the best thing? Don't you know this is exactly how this should work? Don't you know this is the exact timing? Don't you know, Lord? I know. Come on. He's like laughing at us. I know. Like, no, I, I know. I'm good. I'm, I've got it covered. And so just kind of bringing it back home to this Christmas story again, just so many unexpected answers to prayer of the Lord providing for Mary and Joseph a place to have their child, even though it was not what they were expecting. 
God was good, provide for that. Simeon and Anna, they probably didn't expect to wait for decades and decades and decades and decades to pray, to pray, to fast, to seek God. The Lord is faithful to answer their prayers. But they stayed in the fight. Now for us, I'm going to kind of close out uh, with this. The band couldn't come on up. For us, th- this week, I'm anticipating the answer to a prayer. I've been praying for probably six or seven months. We mentioned this to uh, you guys at the church in November during the media fast, but also our core team knows a lot more details about this. But we've been praying and asking God f- to give us a church building. We are going to be done here at the Holiday Inn mid-February. be our last service, February 13th. And we've been asking the Lord, Lord, would you grant us a church building where we have a place that we can call our own home, that we can do church at, that we can do our discipleship school at, that the staff can office out of, because literally our staff has been nomads. We've been hopping around different coffee shops and homes. It's been great, but I'm ready for that season to be done. And so I don't have the answer right now. Um, but either this week, or we're going to get an answer. We're gonna, the answer is either going to be we have a church building or we're going to wait longer. And here's the deal. Here's how I want myself to respond, and here's what I'm going to invite all of you to do. Because this is church-wide. This is, you know, we're a church family. This is not just the staff or the pastor's, you know, story and testimony. We've intentionally invited you guys into this journey with us because I want it to be a win for all of us. But what I want us to do is I want us to thank God before we know the answer. And I want us to like genuinely rejoice and thank God no matter what the outcome might be. And I would say one example of that is, yes, church-wide, corporately, for this church building that will or will not be. But I want you to also think about your personal life. What is something that you can already, right now, this morning, before you leave church, thank God for, even though you're not quite sure what the answer is going to be? Is there something that you've been praying about Is there something you've been asking him for? Is there something you've been waiting on? I don't want us to enter in. This is is faith. This is trust. When you don't know what the answer is, when you don't know what it's going to look like, but you're still going to choose to thank him. You're still going to choose to say, I bless you, Lord. You owe me nothing, but I thank you that I have more than I I need. I thank you, Lord. I really, he knows your desires. He knows what you're praying for. And he, he does not ignore that. He's not out to get us. He's not out to spite us. Do you guys believe that? He's good. He has great intentions for us. Sometimes we don't understand what he's doing. But here's the deal. In this journey with this church building and really just this whole journey of starting this church, you know, I thought or I wished it would look a lot different than it did. But already, before I have some answers to some things, I am so thankful for this journey and this process because guess what's happened? I've changed a little bit in here. <laughs> it turns out I needed to get a little bit of more impatience out of my life. It turns out I needed to learn how to wait and be thankful in the waiting. It turns out I needed to become more and more like Jesus and be more humble and be more dependent on him. It turns out I, he was more interested in my character than just all my circumstances being exactly how I want them to be. And I, wouldn't, I would not change it for anything. And so I want you to think about specific things you may be asking the Lord for that haven't happened yet, and we're going to thank him. But also, I want you to think about if there's any, you know, shift in mindset about some things that you are praying for. Maybe if you only pray from circumstantial blessings, don't stop, but let's also start praying. Lord, make me like you. Lord, I want to know you. Lord, form your character in me. Jesus, I want to love you with all my heart. Like, maybe you need to enter into a season where that's really 99% of your prayers, and every once in a while, like, oh, Lord, it'd be great to have this, but really, (laughs) I want you more of you in my life. All right, let's stand. I want to close by reading 
Psalm 116. Such a great psalm. And then we're going to thank the Lord, and we're going to sing that song we started off with, which is taste and see the Lord is good. We're going to give thanks to him. And I do want you to, in faith, just to start thanking him for even things you're not quite sure what they're going to look like yet. But here we go, Psalm 116. It'll be on the screen. It says this, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. So, Lord, we praise you this morning, and we thank you that you're a faithful God that hears us and that answers our prayer. When we are in need, you break through. When we are in distress, you lift it, God. We thank you this morning. We will give you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, just like Psalm 116 said. We'll give you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise and honor and glory to you, even in the unseen, even in the unknown. We trust you, Lord, and we give you thanks this morning in Jesus' name. Let's worship together, guys. Let's stand to our feet, and let's give God thanks.